This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. What are the limits to the papacy? Should a pope limit his own actions and not include his personal opinions on the matters of the world and on any personal ideological considerations from his decisions as pope? That seems to be a question for our times, and it's important because Francis has been repeatedly accused of acting unilaterally in his governance of the Church. In the decades since Vatican II, the Church has prized a sense of collegiality among the bishops with the Pope, the idea that the Pope should respect the body of bishops and the College of Cardinals as almost being his peers when it comes to questions about governing the Church. And that idea is very controversial, by the way. It's one of those areas that people say is an error of Vatican II. But are there limits to the papacy itself on these questions? A few days ago, Cardinal Gerhard Mueller gave a talk in Turin, Italy, where he answered this very question. For those who don't like Cardinal Mueller because you believe him to be, at best, a conservative modernist, I understand your objection. And I find this interesting because Mueller was one of the defenders of Francis. He spoke against the dubia when Cardinals Kafara, Burke, Bran Mueller, and Meisner issued it in 2017. He has said some pretty wishy-washy things about traditional Catholicism. Yet in the last two or three years, Cardinal Mueller has stepped up and spoken against some of the errors of this alleged pontificate. And I say some because he's unwilling to go nearly as far as, I don't know, say Bishop Athanasius Schneider, who is from my money the best of the bishops, in the mainline church anyway, those bishops who have an unequivocally, you know, recognized relationship with Rome, we'll say. And that is what makes Cardinal Mueller worth watching, because if Francis loses the moderates like Cardinal Mueller, because that's what he really is, then he's going to lose a lot of the other moderates as well, who are not as prone to speaking against Francis and the modernist hierarchy as, say, a tradition-leaning bishop might be. And for those who don't like the concept of a conservative modernist, remember, after every revolution in history, the winning side breaks itself up into a conservative and liberal faction. Mueller, like Ratzinger and a few others, were part of the conservative wing in the of things in the decades after the revolution of Vatican II, whereas the Bernadins, Caspers, and their like were on the other side. That distinction is important because these are not traditionalists we're talking about. There are very few, if any, traditionalist bishops outside of the SSPX. And I could go on and on about that distinction, and maybe I should do a separate video on it, but for now, let's have a look at Cardinal Mueller's words on the limitations of papal power. He I won't be quoting him extensively here. His words are recounted on the website Celere Non Possum, an Italian Catholic website. They ran their, his entire talk with this headline, Cardinal Mueller, the Pope is not a czar. To govern, he must also rely on the cardinals. One of the driving forces of Vatican II that is rarely talked about enough is that in the 50s and 60s, many cardinals were still angry that Pope St. Pius X, half a century earlier, stripped a bishop of all of his titles and his episcopate and sent him to be a parish priest somewhere. Yeah, they, that happened. <laughs> there was a huge effort at Vatican II to make the bishops as a body on the same footing as the Pope to prevent this kind of thing from happening ever again. Did it work? Sort of. Paul VI tried to mitigate their efforts, and since that time, we've seen a tug of war between the bishops and the papacy in terms of power. Any honest papal historian would tell you that such power games are not limited to the post-conciliar era at all, and have manifested themselves in some manner or another, going all the way back to antiquity. But Mueller doesn't hold back his criticism of Francis's mismanagement of the church, which is, by the way, the one area where a pope has traditionally been of, you were not supposed to criticize the job that the pope was doing at all. 
at least according to most saints and doctors of the church. And I guarantee you that Mueller knows that, and there are some interesting implications there. But let's see what the Cardinal has to say about how Francis is governing the church. Here is a very short excerpt in question from that talk, and I will have the full talk for you this weekend because it's just fascinating. Quote, Every pope must distinguish precisely between his divine mandate and himself as an individual with all his limitations. He must not impose his private opinions on politics or economics and non-theological sciences on other Christians, nor may a pope or bishop or other ecclesiastical superior abuse the trust which is readily placed in him in a fraternal atmosphere to furnish incompetent or corrupt quote-unquote friends with ecclesiastical sinecures or, contrary to divine right, arbitrarily depose bishops to him, personally unwelcome, or to interfere without just cause in the ordinary pastoral office of the diocesan bishop. If there was a traitor among the apostles chosen by Jesus, and even Peter denied Jesus during the Passion, then we know that even the human representatives of the church in history and in the present can fail and abuse their office in a selfish or narrowed-down way. End quote. Cardinal Mueller couches that in a long talk on the nature of the papacy. That is fascinating in and of itself that I'm going to, well, present the full talk Saturday morning, so tune in for that. It'll be done with my reading. And as an aside, for those telling me to hire a professional reader to read these letters, that would cost literally hundreds if not thousands of dollars out of my own pocket for every single video I did that with. It isn't cheap to do so, to put it mildly. But Mueller's takedown of Francis there is done in his typical way. He never mentions Francis by name, and does so as charitably as he can. Interestingly enough, though, that story broke at the same time as this one. And I don't think they're really related, but there, it, it, it does really get to what he's talking about here. Headline from ABC News. Vatican seeks to assure Caritas that papal firings were necessary, not a criticism of work. A top Vatican cardinal is defending Pope Francis's drastic leadership firings at the Holy See's preeminent charity. Yes, Francis cleaned house at Caritas, which has been racked by scandal for years. Whether what he did was done in good faith or not is anyone's guess, and much will be revealed by who takes a top post there in the coming days. Now, it should be noted that Mueller's comments were almost certainly not meant to be a critique of Francis's cleaning house at Caritas. Honestly, it sounds like Caritas was badly in need of an administrative house cleaning anyway, because the article makes it pretty clear that the senior management, including Cardinal Tagle, a potential candidate for a Pope Francis II, that had taken on the very worst aspects that are found in nonprofit management. Misuse of power, misuse of employees, treating employees like they're garbage or less than human beings with you know, that who bear dignity, pretty much name anything that can go wrong in big nonprofit or big business management environments, and they apply here. And though the article does make it clear that there were no accusations of, shall we say, the sins of the flesh, in this case, which is a good thing. So from the article, quote, Cardinal Michael Chesney, whose development office is responsible for Caritas, sought to explain Francis's extraordinary decision in November to fire the appointed Caritas leadership, and then to appoint a temporary administrator and overhaul the Caritas statutes. The move shocked Caritas, which is one of the most visible aid groups around the world, and was the latest display of Francis's willingness to wield the absolute power of the papacy when he feels it's necessary. Cierney did not beat around the bush as he addressed a week-long meeting in Rome of the Global Confederation of 162 National Caritas National Chapters, the first since Francis's intervention. 
The assembly will end May 16th with a new leadership team that will be chosen into office. I am sure that all of you were surprised and disturbed by this, Cherney told the audience, according to his prepared remarks. The appointment of a temporary administrator was an act of love and care, not a denunciation. It was necessary call to repair and fine-tune a body that is essential for the whole church. In November, Francis fired Caritas Secretary General Aloysius Jean, its president, Filipino Cardinal Antonio Tagle, Tagle's vice president, the treasurer and ecclesiastic assistant, after an outside investigation found, quote, real deficiencies in management that had affected staff morale at the Caritas Secretariat in Rome, end quote. Honestly, what's surprising about this is that Tagle is still widely considered a papal contender to succeed Francis. His popability may be because, despite mismanagement of Caritas, he still has two key jobs in Rome. He is the pro-prefect for the Secretary of Evangelization of Dicastery for Evangelization, whatever that is, since June 5th, 2022. And he still serves as the president of Interdicasterial Commission for Consecrated Religious since December 8th, 2019. I don't know what those titles mean precisely, but they are heads of Vatican dicasteries or subsections of Vatican dicasteries, and that by itself keeps him in the running to become Pope. But his image has been tarnished, especially in light of Francis cleaning house in a unilateral way. One of the things that modern Rome and modernist Rome really objects to is a Pope acting unilaterally on issues of governance of the Church. I bring that article about Caritas up for some Vatican observers It will look like what that's what Mueller's talking about, but I suspect that Mueller is actually talking about synodality and the ongoing never-ending synod. People forget that Francis was chosen at the conclave by those who made him pope to reform the hierarchy in the Roman Curia and that one of the things the synod on synodality was sold to us to do was the reform of the Roman hierarchy itself. This old article from the Religion News Service published in September 2021 is illustrative of this. Headline. Pope Francis is preparing a radical reform of the church's power structures. In October, Francis is set to inaugurate a three-year synodal preparation process that has a potential to revolutionize the way decisions are made in the Catholic Church and promote a more decentralized structure of authority. That, folks, is the Synod on Synodality. Ironically, decentralizing the Roman Curia has required Francis to act unilaterally, as seen in his reorganization of the Roman Curia in recent documents he's issued, as well as renaming the congregations into dicasteries and demoting many of them in their relative importance to the church's overall governance. Much of this so-called reform has come with the likes of Tobin, Supich, Farrell, and other corrupt prelates getting promoted to important jobs in Rome, and other questionable men then getting themselves promoted to important dioceses so that they can then eventually replace them in the Vatican. Think the likes of Cardinal McElroy, for example, who is still the bishop of a diocese and not technically even an archbishop was weirdly made a cardinal. That is almost certainly what Mueller was talking about here. The stuff he mentioned about a pope's personal opinions on politics, economics, social issues, and the rest are pretty obvious on their face. Francis's antipathy towards a capitalist West isn't even worth repeating here, since everyone knows he is at least very sympathetic to the condemned ideology of liberation theology that is predominant in South America. That religion news article made it clear from the opening that Francis has always wanted to remake the central governance of the church in his own image, and I think that's what Mueller is correcting Francis on here. From the article, quote, In 2001, Cardinal Jorge Bergoglio was a rapporteur for the Summit of Bishops at the Vatican, and he did not like what he saw. The Catholic Church had adopted a top-to-bottom approach 
that stripped local churches of any decision-making power, and the Synod of Bishops was reduced to nothing more than a stamp of approval for pre-packaged conclusions made in Rome. This is, by the way, this accusation is being leveled at the pontificate of John Paul II and then later Benedict. Anyway, when Bergoglio emerged as Pope Francis in the 2013 conclave, the synodal process was high on his list for reform. There was a cardinal who told us what should be discussed and what should not, Francis said about his experience at the 2001 General Synod in an interview with the Argentine newspaper La Nación in 2014. That will not happen now, he added, end quote. Hence, all that talk about dialogue, a listening church, and the rest that has come to characterize the synod on synodality. The cardinals won't dictate what is allowed in the church since Francis is bringing in laity, and especially women, to run those key offices in Rome. Laity are practically directing the synod on synodality at this point. The ironic thing is that Francis is having to tell the same laity whom he has entrusted the governance of the church, and frankly the church's future to, that the changes they're demanding are actually impossible. <laughs> Go figure. The ordination of women, relaxing the church's teachings on the uh, sins of the flesh, and especially on the uh, James Martin sin. You know that one sin that James Martin has a weird interest in for a priest? Yeah, that one. The laity are practically demanding outright changing the church's teachings to reflect the values of the world. As Vatican II pretty much commands the church to do, by the way, since Vatican II made the absurd claim that human beings have a better understanding of human dignity now than any time before in human history. And I can't say that without laughing. But all this is made possible because Francis acts in a predictably unilateral way that is at odds both with the post-conciliar understanding of the papacy as well as the historical and theological understanding of the Pope as the servant of servants. Again, I'll have that full letter of Cardinal Mueller for you Saturday morning. He presents an interesting teaching about the papacy itself, which I think is worth your time to check out. So you should consider giving it the uh, listen. It's about 15 minutes long. But I'm curious about what you think of this. Is Francis known for acting unilaterally on matters of church governance? I didn't bring Traditionis Custodis into this, you'll notice, and his war against the Latin Mass and Traditionalist Catholics. But do you think what Mueller said there in that short thing about his own ideological opinions applies to Traditionis Custodis? Let me know in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't, it does help. Sharing this on social media helps a lot, too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.